Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about cruising through life effectively by setting and pursuing goals, ones that fill your heart. Aim high and see where you go. Hey, David, it's Grandpa. If you ever get a chance to drive the Pacific Coast Highway in California, also known as PCH, take it. Grandma Linda and I drive to Fresno, California every spring to visit Uncle Jamie and his family. One year, on our return trip, we took the long way home. Passing through the wine country of Napa, we followed country roads that took us to U.S. Route 101, the north section of the Pacific Coast Highway. Late April is a good time to be in California. It's still green, and flowers are blooming everywhere. We were amazed at the number of calla lilies growing wild in the ditches and along fence rows. It's almost like they were weeds. We connected with US-101 at a small town called Bodega Bay. If that name rings familiar, it might be because you watched Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. It was filmed in and around Bodega Bay. On the road leading into town was the famous school building, where Suzanne Plachette's character met her unfortunate demise at the beaks of birds. A few miles north of town is the hardware store. But Grandma and I stopped in town at the very cafe filmed in the movie. We ate our lunch there. Why am I telling you this story? This podcast is all about setting and achieving realizable goals. This story illustrates that. Going north from Bodega Bay, the PCH is a curvy, windy, and hilly road tracing the California coastline. The speed limit is 35 miles per hour, but it's hard to maintain that rapid rate. So we sauntered north until we found a place to stop for the night. It was a cozy, quaint cabin. I don't remember where we had breakfast that morning, but we did. After breakfast, we followed the car's nose north. We stopped wherever we felt like stretching our legs or taking in the scenery. There were amazing vistas, very scenic. But all the while, we knew we needed to be in Medford, Oregon that night. That fact informed our journey the rest of the day. Twice, we learned that the road we had chosen had washed out in mudslides. That forced us to re-examine and replan our route. Both times, we took a road that we hadn't planned on taking. The second time was disappointing to me especially, because that road would have taken us right through the town where my late Uncle Jim built his retirement cottage. I have fond memories of visiting him there before your father was born. Nevertheless, we had a destination in mind. Medford, Oregon. So, 
we pulled out the atlas and found a new route. This was before we had GPS on our phones. It wasn't the one we originally chose, but it had a special beauty all its own. We continued east across California's coastal range until we joined Interstate 5 at Red Bluff, California. From there, it was smooth sailing at 70 miles per hour into Medford. We made it in time to eat dinner and get some sleep. So here's a quick takeaway from that story. A takeaway about goals. We knew where we were when we started, Bodega Bay. We knew where we needed to be by 10 o'clock the next night. So we knew how far along we needed to be at every juncture. We knew what kind of time we had to stop and gawk. We knew when we needed to get in the car and roll without stopping. We knew that when we came to a roadblock, we had to stop replot our route, and take it. We didn't let the distractions of the beauty around us keep us from our goal. We didn't let the challenges of the road outages keep us from our goal either. In both cases, we let the goal dictate our choices. That's an amazing life lesson, David. Here's another experience from way back in the summer of 1962. That was long before I met your grandma, that was the summer that the church I grew up in started. Seventy-five people, adults and children, met in an old, non-air-conditioned Grange Hall in Kent, Washington. I was 14, soon to be 15. And like most teenagers, I wasn't tracking with the sermon. Instead, I was watching the flies flying lazily in the room in big, non-specific circles. They had nowhere in particular to go, and they were pretty good at getting there. They just buzzed around. When the sermon was over, it seemed like at least two hours, but it was probably only 30 minutes. The flies were still flying that same circular pattern. What's the point? After 30 minutes of flying, they got nowhere. They got nowhere. They had nowhere to be, nothing to accomplish, so they just continued to eat up time and energy doing nothing. That's the difference between a honeybee and a fly, at least one of the differences. The fly has nowhere to go, no time schedule, and no destination. He has no goal. The bee, on the other hand, knows exactly where she's going what she's going to do when she gets there, and where she's headed afterwards. She's headed toward the flowers that her sisters told her about. When she gets there, she sucks nectar and picks up pollen until she's loaded to the gills. I know bees don't have gills. Then it's back to the hive to deposit her load. She has a goal, and she has a timeline. She starts as soon as it's warm enough to fly. And as long as there is light by which to see, she flies straight to the nectar and back to the hive, not in lazy circles, but in what we call a beeline. She is driven by a goal unlike the fly who has no goal and gets nowhere. You might know that I used to keep bees. When your father was born, I had two hives in the backyard. That was Moscow, Idaho. From each of those two hives, I took 30 pounds of honey per week for five straight weeks during July and August. 
Each year, I harvested 300 pounds of honey from two hives. That was amazing. I did it again when I lived in Spokane, and after that, I did it once more when I lived in Terre Haute, Indiana. Why was I able to harvest so much honey? The answer is because the bees had a goal and they pursued it. I was blessed. Ever since I was introduced to the encouragement of Zig Ziglar, I have honed my understanding of the importance of being goal-driven. A goal is like a magnet that draws you to fulfillment. But this is only true if the goal is a desire deeply embedded in your mind that you believe you can achieve and are motivated to achieve it. It's more than just a wish. This is true of big goals or small goals. A defining positive aspect of having a goal is measurable achievement. Take the case of me and the roadmap. I knew where we were at any given time. I could tell whether we were on pace to accomplish our stated destination. We had reservations which were non-refundable. We were compelled to be in Medford that evening or lose our money. Significant byproducts of pursuing a goal are the amount of time and energy you conserve. Let me say that differently. You quit wasting time because you're driven by the desire to accomplish something important, and you don't let yourself invest energy into things that don't get you there. So you save time and you save energy. But that's just the byproduct, a side benefit of pursuing a goal. What are some of the major benefits of pursuing a goal? Well, set aside the fact that achieving the goal is satisfying, there are other benefits too. So, you reach your goal. That was the prime reason you set a goal, to reach it. But what about the skills you learn along the way of time management, of overcoming obstacles, or of the frame of mind that you develop that setbacks won't set you back? What about the skills you learn of adaptation? If the road is closed ahead, take a different road. If the route that you envision to your goal has a barrier, find a workaround. That skill alone is worth its weight in gold. What about how you feel about yourself, a goal achiever, a doer, and an accomplisher? Are those not valuable concepts to have about yourself? In a soon-to-come podcast, I'll talk about the power of your thoughts. But here I'm talking about what you get for yourself when you pursue and achieve a difficult goal. You'll have the results you're looking for, but you'll also have so much more. I offer this as a close, David. Choose a goal, something important to you that you would like to achieve or accomplish. Think about what it would take to get there. Do you have the tools necessary? Are you willing to invest the time? Are there friends or counselors who can advise or be a sounding board? To set your goal, you'll need to know the route. You'll need to know step-by-step step what must be done. If you're under a time constraint, as perhaps your father is in writing his book, then put a deadline for each step. What you now have is a checkable, testable path to achievement. You can check your progress and you can check your schedule. Just like I took different roads out of California than I had originally planned, setbacks are inevitable. 
be ready in heart and mind to replot the route that gets you to your goal. The goal will get you past the barrier. That's just too important not to repeat. The goal drives you past every barrier. If it doesn't, it wasn't a goal but just a wish. I have much more to say about being motivated, enabled, and driven by goals. Perhaps later. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about having powerful mottos to live by. It's good to define yourself. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.